What's up, everybody? Here we are at the end of the NBA season, just two days away from the start of the NBA playoffs. What has been a, a crazy up and down season has come to its conclusive end. Um, we got some of the predictable teams in the playoffs and some big surprises in there. And we're going through it all here at the at the Second Stringers podcast. We, we're going through some quick thoughts. Um, and as well, we're breaking down the playoff matchup. See who are the favorites and who are willing, who are well prepared for a potential upset. Uh, but first, Sean, what are your quick thoughts on this season so far? Man, I, I can't believe the season's already over, Alan. I mean, we, I mean, we've been doing this podcast pretty much every week, and there's just been so many stories, so many awesome performances, so many terrible performances and ridiculous <laughs> stories this entire season. It, it's been a lot of fun, man. Um, but wouldn't you know it, one of probably one of my favorite stories of the year happened in the last two games of the NBA season. And I'm, I'm going to present yeah. it to you with this question that <laughs> I know you definitely have the answer to. And the question All is, right. which Laker has the most points in their NBA debut since 1993? I feel like this is either a trick question or you're setting it up perfectly to <laughs> talk about the the Cinderella story that the LA Lakers have going for themselves when they've lost basically any reason to still keep playing or for anybody to keep showing up to Staples. But Andre Ingram, Andre right? Ingram, yeah, nineteen points, ding ding. That's the man, nineteen points, and not just nineteen points on really good shooting too. <laughs> Six for eight shooting. Four for five from three to go along with three blocks, three rebounds, three assists, a steal in there. Kept them in a game against the team with the best record in the NBA right now, Um, even if it was the second to last game. But, man, what a great story. Andre Ingram, 32-year-old rookie, played 11 (laughs) years in the G League slash D League before he got to fulfill his dream of playing in an NBA game. What a story. Yeah, this is a guy who has played for some D League slash G League teams that don't even exist anymore. Um, he played <laughs> right. through the he played through the existence of it, going from D League to G League. Had any opp- had opportunities to go to Europe and make more money, but he decided to stay here with the Lakers. So, what do you think he his G League salary is? Oh man, I, I, I hope you actually have the answer to this because I have no. I idea. do actually have the answer. Wow. I Ooh, I I heard <laughs> this on ESPN Radio the other day. That's cool. I would guess twenty thousand. Yeah, you're close. Nineteen thousand a year. Wow, this is a, this and is a grown man with a wife and two kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean nineteen thousand is not a lot of money, and he does have a job on the side. He's a math teacher, I believe, or he yeah, like, like a, a part time teacher. Yeah, tutor, I think. Yeah, I mean, I guess you would have to to keep that dream alive. But shout out to Andre Ingram, I guess the real Ingram to end the <laughs> season. Says Brandon Ingram was a no show to close the season. Well, obviously due to injuries, yeah. I guess. But but hey, it's an awesome an story. Exit, yeah, like you, you just li- look at this guy. You, I mean, we've heard the interviews. He was interviewed all over the place that night. Sports Center, TNT, Lakers, uh, Sportsnet. Think is the name of the local <laughs> station here. He's all over Instagram and Twitter. It was just—it's such a cool story, and you—you you hear the guy speak, and a lot of people are saying he actually sounds a lot like Kobe, just in the way that <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's so well spoken, and his voice kind of sounds similar to him. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. a really humble guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked him. He came off really likable. Um, maybe we'll see him again. I'm not sure. Thirty-two. He. 
he's not really a young gun. He's a great shooter, so there's that. That shooting is always a valuable asset in the NBA. Yeah, I think he was uh, like a. I, I don't want to say regardless. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say regardless of athleticism because you gotta have some of that still in the NBA. But hey, I mean, if Kyle Korver can still keep a job <laughs> for a great NBA team. I don't see why Andre Ingram can't at least get a minimum contract, maybe play some minutes here and there for the Lakers next year. Oh, totally. So do you do think that they will bring him back for next year? Maybe on a one-year small Um, deal? They give him like a million dollars? I wouldn't bet on it. That's what I I wouldn't bet on it. I would love it if they gave him a deal, but at the same time, I mean, 32 years old, that's there, not. I mean, why, that's not if, like he's not washed up. Like I know, but I I'm saying, wouldn't you rather give that last roster spot maybe to a potential prospect? Maybe I don't know. Is, is like what? Like would you give it to like Gary Payton the second instead? Is that yeah, is that like I a mean, prospect you're thinking about? I'm just saying, like I guess you could give it to potentially a guy like. Like the next Zubak or something like that, yeah. or some Zubak, dude, some younger yeah. guy to try out. Nah, dude, I would way rather have an Andre Ingram on my team than Zubak, and they already have so many young players as it is that are already in the normal rotation. Ball, True. Kuzma, Ingram, Josh Hart. Like you don't need to have all youth on your team. I don't. I don't even. Do you do you think Andre Ingram can crack the rotation next year? Yeah, I think. I think he's proven that he can play at this level. He played against the best team in the NBA. Yeah, but that was one game. So this is an eighty-two game season <laughs> we're talking about. Well, he, he won't get like the thirty minutes that he got, like because they like just wanted him to play. He'll probably play like fifteen minutes a game, like you know, like an eighth man spot. Yeah, like he, he doesn't have to play. He doesn't even have to play thirty minutes <laughs> a game. Like he can, he can handle. I guess. That. I guess Adam Morrison goes on the Laker roster <laughs> at one point. Yeah, well, I mean, all I'm saying is like, I think you could do a lot worse than him. Like maybe he doesn't even play every game. He could be like a like a Boban Marjanovic kind <laughs> of player, like on the Clippers. Gets three minutes a game sometimes. Gets fifteen minutes a game sometimes. But yeah. Let him play in the NBA, man. He's earned it. He's what is he's he's got to be like the oldest guy in the G League at this point. Yeah, I mean his shooting percentage is definitely good. He looked confident out there. He knows how to play basketball, that's for sure. Um, I think it just depends what the Lakers want to do with a because he's definitely the type of guy who get the last roster spot. Yeah, he's gonna be on a minimum. So I guess it's just whatever the Laker organization wants to do. My personal opinion is I wouldn't bet on it. I think I'd rather give that spot to a younger guy that you can maybe develop a little bit. But here's one, one last thought I have on this is that I think that this was an awesome thing. The Lakers did for him for one. And that, and I think that teams that don't have a chance to make the playoffs should completely do this for these G league guys (laughs) that have been in the league that like their their dream is just to play in an NBA game. Why don't yeah. more teams do this? I think we did see a lot of that this year. But actually. they were all like the young, like yeah, just like yeah. just out of college guys. Like more guys like Andre Ingram. Like they've been fi- like CJ Williams on the Clippers. He's a twenty eight year old rookie. These guys have been playing in the G League D League for all these years, just waiting for their chance. And why not just give them that chance to play a few weeks in the NBA and just live their dream? That's true. I mean, it, a lot of credit to 
him and a lot of the guys out there in the G League, like, they're not living a very lavish lifestyle <laughs> in pursuing this NBA dream. I mean, once you get to the NBA, I guess you made it. But to get to that level, it's it's extremely difficult. And the second tier of that is is not very luxurious. I mean, $19,000 a year and you're traveling across the country playing basketball to... I don't really know how many people show up to G League. Can't be that many. And, yeah, and to keep doing that well in, um and into your thirties, yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah. And I guess that's admirable. Right, yeah, and like his wife was living all the way over in uh Richmond, Virginia, I believe. All the way on the other side of America while he's playing for the yeah. South Bay Lakers. Like, <laughs> man, what a hard life. Yeah, it, it's tough, but I mean he's doing it, he's living his dream. But um enough Andre Ingram. <laughs> Fine. Let's move on here. This is this is what I think is pretty impressive when I was looking at the playoffs. I, I and I I feel like everybody forgets this, but here's a question for you. When was the last time LeBron James lost a game in the first round of the playoffs? Lost a like game. Not even the series, just lost one game, period. Yeah. So yeah, I, I did see some sort of stat that said that he hasn't lost a series in like his last twelve playoff like first rounds. But the last time that he lost a game, man. Uh, I feel hmm, maybe what? Let's let's go 2014. 2014? Yeah. Kind of close. Kind of close. So the last time LeBron James lost a first round game was in May 6, 2012 against the New York (sighs) Knicks. 2012. (laughs) Are you serious, man? That's not a lie. He is 16 and (sighs) 0. Or actually, yeah. Yeah. So, wow. That's crazy. But Mr. LeBron James. Yeah, so yeah, we're going to get a little bit more to that matchup later in the podcast, but uh man, we'll, we'll have to see if that streak can continue for him. Yeah, Victor Oladipo, so he's got himself quite a task. <laughs> Just to take one game is going to be um quite the accomplishment at this point. Mm-hmm. But let, let's go on to this battle for the playoffs that came down to the very last day. Uh, specifically with the Timberwolves and the Nuggets in that overtime thriller. Wow. This was <laughs> a game. So I didn't know what to think. I thought I thought either one team was going to show up and one was not, and the game was just going to be over by the fourth quarter or mm-hmm. something. <laughs> yeah. Somebody was just going to throw in the towel and become a shell of themselves. And I was pretty confident that that team was going to actually be the Timberwolves. I thought mm. the Nuggets had a lot of momentum on their side. And I just thought the younger players on the Timberwolves were gonna, sh- were just gonna shield away from the from the pressure. Um, and Jimmy Butler, granted, it's only his third game back from injury. Right. I didn't think he was gonna put together the performance that he did. So the Timber Puffs became the Timberwolves. <laughs> the Timberwolves. <laughs> <laughs> Have you used that before? <laughs> I don't think so, but it felt right. It felt right to say it this was, time around. I was around. like, wait, did he mean to say that? I was- <laughs> That was awesome. The Timber Pups. <laughs> the Timber Pups. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, Jimmy Butler putting up 31 points in that game. And, yeah. man, it, they were winning the entire game, and the Nuggets just would not go away. And I, I thought yep. I thought that the Wolves would be able to close them out in regulation because the Nuggets aren't really a great away team. But, yeah. man, they really made a game out of it. That had the air of a playoff game. Just the oh, intensity, yeah. like you could tell, like how desperately both these teams wanted this win, um, and I, yeah, I am Joe really Kick, glad that the Timberwolves came out with it. Yeah, I mean, Joe Kick was looking out there like the potential superstar that we all think he probably will be, maybe yeah. even next year. 
Um, but he put down some crazy threes. Um, he made some good plays. But really, at the end of the day, what I think won this game was actually the veteran players on the Timberwolves, Jeff mm. Teague and Tosh Gibson, not even not making flashy offensive plays, but just doing what they needed to do, just locking down Joe Kick at the end there, Tosh Gibson yeah. taking a couple steals, and Jeff Teague making a floater down the stretch. Um, it showed in the Nuggets, their youth in overtime just could not put the ball in the hole to close <laughs> to to get with to close the gap with that the Timberwolves had opened up that last minute. Right, but man, I, I you do like I'm glad the Timberwolves made it because it's the first time making it since Kevin Garnett was on that team. Their dry streak yeah. was a little longer than the Nuggets, but hats off to the Nuggets on a fantastic season. Forty six and thirty six should mm-hmm. make the playoffs. Like that is absurd that it did not make the playoffs, and they. They deserve it as much as any of these teams, especially after putting a performance out like that in their final game. Yeah, it's crazy. 46 wins did not get them into the playoffs. Like, I mean, how many more wins can they get next <laughs> year? I guess maybe 50. Hey, yeah, they're going to have to go best. for 50. I mean, yeah, if you if you expect all those guys to keep improving, I mean, Jamal Murray's mm-hmm. super young. Gary Harris is young still. Jokic. If Jokic bulks up too, like man, he just gets pushed around a little bit by some of these more dominant centers in the league. Uh, he just doesn't yeah. have the muscle mass to keep up with them. You saw in uh, the game against the Trailblazers, uh, Nurkic even was was really bullying him around, even though the Nuggets were able to still steal that win. But yeah, yeah I mean, if he can bulk up a little bit, get his toughness up, um, he's gonna be an All Star center in no time. Yeah, and. The Nuggets got to look ahead. I mean, they're going to get better. Here's the thing, though. They're going to get better as a team, but I wonder how much more the record will improve next year just because the West is so dominant. Like, yeah. you look at what the Nuggets have. I mean, Joe is going to get better. I think Gary Harris is going to get even better. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to bring back Will Barton, but if they do, he's a guy that's not going anywhere. Right. But I just look around, like, if they get 50 wins, they're still, they're still what, the seventh seed if the – Playoffs if the season plays out again the way it did. Oh no, well, well, they, they, get they would be. They get within. Th- they get within third. Yeah, like they would. They would be fine because yeah, everyone was just so close to each other. Like they're always playing each other so often, and you know they all finished around the same record. So yeah, but um, man, the Timberwolves sneaking in there with the eighth seed. It's it's so it's funny that the how much this franchise and the fans celebrated this win, but really. When you look at the beginning of the year, this is a team that we all thought was going to for sure seal up that fourth seed or potentially right. steal the third seed. <laughs> it just goes <laughs> to show how deep the West was this year. I mean, you have teams like the Jazz out of nowhere, like mm-hmm. getting the fifth seed. Could have been yeah. as high as the third seed if they beat the Blazers. Just absurd, just out of nowhere. And then the Spurs without Kawhi Leonard the entire year making the playoffs convincingly again like yeah it's 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 absurd i mean you you just like wonder like when is this gonna stop you know like what are these teams in the west gonna get weaker and they just keep getting stronger and stronger yeah yes and that's that's the point i guess i was trying to make is the denver nuggets get better but everybody else is also getting better or nobody's really falling off i mean i guess okay see if they can't get paul george and carmelo anthony back um, I guess they fall off. Right. But, I mean, the Suns, the Suns are a young team. Potentially, keep getting better. The Kings are a young team. 
I don't know. Maybe <laughs> Memphis actually. <laughs> well, let's not get carried away here. Yeah, well, maybe not. <laughs> but I'm. I mean, the Lakers are right there. Clippers. Maybe they bring back a healthy team next year, and they're right there also fighting for that last seven and eight spot. Yeah, it's so that's not out of the question for sure. Yeah, so the you're looking at your team and you're like, okay, our team's getting better, but the competition isn't staying the same. And this Western Conference is gonna be interest was great this year, and it'll be even more interesting next year, I think. Um, obviously, depending on how some free agents bounce around, but things are not looking any easier for the Denver Nuggets. But the Timberwolves, for now, I guess, will celebrate their playoff berth. But um, <laughs> moving on from there, Russell Westbrook impressively quietly insanely just <laughs> comes back and averages a triple double for a second consecutive year i think so most insane people, i mean i forgot about this i didn't realize he was so close to this yeah i mean people started throwing around that number that he just needed 16 rebounds, 16 and, he had rebounds it. and he got it <laughs> but like there's so much controversy behind that when it was happening everyone was asking him like oh like are you stat padding? And then he would get all defensive about it. And then you see in his final game, he gets 20 rebounds with six points and 19 assists. And you're like, you knew exactly what you were going to do. And you know, it's fine. That's fine. He knew exactly mm-hmm. how many rebounds he had to get. He's probably had people shouting it in his ear for the last few days. So, you know what? Go, go and get your rebounds. You know, you already clinched a playoff spot. You're playing the Memphis Grizzlies. Why not just go get for the stat? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're already there. Why not go after? I mean, this isn't this is a crazy um, accolade, and I think th- I think people are split on it. Some people find it amazing. Some people could really care less, it seems, and then other people despise it almost, <laughs> labeling that stat padding. But I think in time, people will look back and and uh, really appreciate this a lot more. Um, I think in the moment it just kind of seems like unreal that it's actually happening, but I yeah. think give it a couple more years and we're going to look back and be like, Oh wow, this dude consecutive seasons, triple doubles. Right. And yeah. And he's not even in the MVP conversation. Mm-hmm. Like he's not even in it. Yeah. This is the first player in NBA history to lead the league in scoring one season. And then this season he led the league in assists. That's the first player ever to do that. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I think he I think he will go down when people remember when Russell Westbrook retires, I think he'll go down as one of the most misunderstood players um at least in the <laughs> modern era of the players that I've grown up watching cuz he just has so many doubters and and haters I feel and and it's with good reason I think. I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's got a he's got a very um stand out just like his attitude just stands out. He's a very competitive guy and almost to a fault at times. Like he does make silly mistakes, especially early on in his career. And I guess you could accuse him of trying too hard at times, but you I mean you can't argue with some of these stats he's throwing up though. Yeah, I mean you can't even argue that he's trying too hard. Like the fact that this guy gives maximum effort every game. Like, he's always hustling, like, every play. Like, you have to commend mm-hmm. that. Like, not every player, you can't get that out of every player, the amount of effort that he puts in every game. And yeah. that's what's going to make his team so deadly in the playoffs is that they're going to give you 100% every game. Yeah. Yeah, he's a scary guy to look at in the first round of the playoffs. Um, So, 
We'll see what he does. I think the Warriors, I mean, we'll talk about it more later, but I think the Warriors got away with murder and <laughs> super lucky that they're not seeing these guys in the first oh, round. Oh, man, that would have been awesome. Hopefully they get to play each other at some point. But, yeah, uh, a Steph Curryless Warriors against OKC would have been very dangerous. Yeah. But uh, how about let's let's conclude the tankathon here. Who yep. The Phoenix Suns <laughs> they did it. ended up taking this. Um, a candidate that was also in there was the Orlando Magic, and they ended up winning. They won way too many games. Game. Yeah, they ended up like yeah. fifth in the running. Give it to them to not even be able to close it well. But I just thought that was so funny that out of all the teams, all these teams are just basically like the Phoenix Suns aren't even playing Devin Booker. Memphis is Ugh. throwing out all the G League guys <laughs> they can possibly find. <laughs> Dallas is not even trying to hide the fact that that's exactly what they're doing. Right? Yeah, Mark Cuban basically saying it, but... Yeah, the Suns, they they still get it uh, despite <laughs> all these all these teams like the Bulls even also just like definitely tanking like not trying to hide it at all. But the Suns end up with a twenty five percent chance at this pick um, in its last year of being twenty five percent. With um, in twenty nineteen, uh, the lottery reform is going to take place where all the top three teams only have a fourteen percent chance uh, to win that number one pick. So hopefully that will at least alleviate the tanking problem we saw to this year a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Is Do you think that'll be enough? I mean, yeah, I guess it has to. I'm, I mean, we're, I don't think we're going to see it anywhere as hopefully we don't see it anywhere as harsh as we did this year. This year, it was definitely black and white as in it, terms yeah. of like you have the Warriors, <laughs> the Rockets. Uh, the Cavaliers, all the Western Conference just as deadly as it is. But then all of a sudden, you pass the Lakers and teams just get really bad. You got teams playing a bunch of G League guys to close out this season, resting stars. Like, I don't really think that's acceptable. <laughs> no, it's that's not how the NBA should be played. Like, these guys should be competing, no. playing their best guys every game. Yeah, like, we shouldn't be in March and all of a sudden – half more than half of the games on the NBA schedule that day people don't care about because you know <laughs> like Memphis Atlanta like you you know that Marcus Sol isn't even going to show up neither is Schroeder or or maybe not even John Collins you're, you're going to have right. a bunch of G League guys showing up and you don't want to see that like yeah no it, no no one wants to see that and you know like Devin Booker's even like he's sick of it being on the team that is tanking and he he came mm-hmm. out saying that this is going to be his last year not making the playoffs cuz he's sick of losing yeah so i, I we'll love s- that he- <laughs> i love the spirit but yeah uh. i mean i love what he's saying and here's the here's the thing about it though is Devin Booker can can speak as passionately about how he's tired of losing <laughs> right? as he wants, but he's on the Phoenix Suns, <laughs> and I, and they're not going to become a playoff contender next year. I mean, we keep talking about how competitive the West is, and that the competitiveness of that isn't going anywhere. No. So, if anything, if I'm the Phoenix Suns, I don't take it in the way that Devin Booker, Devin Booker's all of a sudden going to come out and become the superstar. I take it as you better figure something out. Devin Booker's probably leaving. Yeah, but that's the thing though is that he's still on his rookie contract. Mm-hmm. And they can once that's up, they can match whatever contract someone else uh, gives him, and then right. he'll be locked in with the Suns for another three, four years potentially. So uh, he's potentially with the Suns for another six years, I would guess. 
And if they don't do anything soon, they're <laughs> going to have one very unhappy star in this league. Yeah. And the NBA has got to figure something. I mean, look at the way the NBA draft is set up right now. So if the Suns take this number one pick, yeah, they take the kid from Europe, Luka Doncic. They, or they take him or DeAndre Ayton from Arizona. Right. But let's t- let's talk about Luke Luke okay. for for a second. Yeah. I'm talking about so he plays in Europe for Real Madrid, one of the most prestigious European clubs ever. Um, he's kicking ass in the European League, and all of a sudden he declares for the NBA draft, and he's going to an organization like the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a bad look. And the Suns have not had good luck with with point guards recently. Yeah, I mean, some of these organizations just have got to clean themselves up. I think they, it, it's like there's perception that the, the first round pick, this kid's gonna come in and all of a sudden save the organization. But the organization's got to do something to help itself out at, at the same time. I mean, where, what are they doing? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they know what they're doing. Yeah, but it, it's sad for Devin Booker. But I mean, I think he, he's just gonna have to mature and understand that these things don't happen overnight. Like the Phoenix Suns aren't going to all of a sudden become a contender next year, even if he does average 30 points a game. <laughs> yeah. And it was Doncic, Luka Doncic. That's how you pronounce yeah. it. Yeah. I don't, I don't really worry about how you pronounce names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, another franchise. So this is what's funny too, that I was thinking. So you look at the NBA playoffs and the teams that made it, so the th- the two biggest markets for basketball aren't don't have any teams in the playoff this year. Yeah. The New York Knicks or the, no, no LA franchise. Right. Yeah, no LA, no New York. That's crazy. And the Knicks having yeah. a terrible season. They decided to dismiss their head coach Jeff Hornacek basically right when the season ended, late Wednesday <laughs> night. They finished the season 29 and 53. And, I mean, you could say maybe they'd be a little better if Przingis got hurt, but they were still hovering, trying to get to 500 before he got hurt. So yeah. they they still weren't in any good position to make the playoffs. And, you know, I don't know how much of this is to blame on Hornacek, but apparently it's enough to where the Knicks feel like that's going to be a good thing for them moving forward. Yeah, I don't – I feel bad for this guy. The Knicks, I think – they're, I mean, they didn't do great this year, but I think they're set up fairly well to compete in the Eastern Conference. They got some young guns, and his canter's not too bad. You get Christoph Porzingis back next year. I think they they got a good run at 500 next year. Yeah, but so, is 500 what they're looking for as as a big not. yeah as a big as a big franchise in this league as one of like the most popular destination places in New York? Like you're not looking to be 500 you want to compete for a championship which is something you haven't done in a very long time yeah no that's true the new york knicks have definitely not wanted to be never wanted to be the team going for 500 and they've always wanted to be a contender and because of that they've always now for the last 10 years have been a team that hovers around 30 percent wins (laughs) right terrible (laughs) yeah five wins it's it's just i mean you got to take steps, right? I feel like you got to take steps as a franchise. You go with the eighth seed, potentially fifth seed, and then things go right your way. You break through, and now you're competing for the first and second seed. Yeah, yeah. unless you're the Philadelphia 76ers, you go from the worst team in the league to the three seed in the East in one year. That's true. <laughs> that yeah. does, I yeah. text, 
<laughs> it takes luck, though. It, you got it transcended does. talent like Ben Simmons. Yeah, then then they got them getting all those number one picks was very helpful that they they got pretty lucky getting those. Yeah, but yeah, but as far as uh, replacements go for for New York, uh, some names that they are looking at with uh, with some seriousness is uh, Jerry Stackhouse actually. Uh, if that mm. name rings a bell to you, former yeah, player, old Dallas player, yeah, <laughs> now now apparently. Uh, Hall of Fame G League coach. <laughs> uh, he was the G League coach of the year for the Toronto 905 last season, uh, tur- completely turning around that team, which had a very bad record in its first year of existence to having like a 39 and 11 record, I think I, is what I saw. Don't quote me on nice. that. But yeah, super good record. And I guess he's one of the one of the top young candidates out there for any uh, any team looking for a, a young coach to bring some new life into a, into the franchise. Yeah, I think if I'm New York, I, I I I would try to see if you can convince Jeff Van Gundy to come Ooh. coach for you. Jeff Van Gundy could be interesting. Yeah, he's just been a an ESPN analyst that asks about uh, what a second <laughs> cousin is on on yeah. live television. That's that's what he's been most known for recently. And uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. You could be your head coach too. Yeah, or I mean, I guess Doc Rivers is on the docket as well. I'm not. I don't know if I how I feel about Mark Jackson, but if I'm New York, why would I? I think I would try to get Jeff Van Gundy again, and um, I don't know, resign Ennis Cantor. Oh, Ennis Cantor's got a player option actually, so we'll see if he. Yeah, hope, yeah hopefully for them he comes back because he's he's a good piece for them. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, Doc Rivers. That's an interesting one because that would mean the Clippers would have a complete overhaul of what they looked like a season ago. New head coach, yeah. new new head of basketball operations. No Blake Griffin, no Chris Paul. But honestly, not in a terrible place right now. They have two lottery mm-hmm. picks. They wouldn't have Doc Rivers, but Doc Rivers being on the Knicks, that I think that would work. Because I think he does develop young talent pretty well, like he did with Rajon yeah. Rondo. Yeah. The only question would be if Doc wants to inherit a team like New York, a team whose whose high ceiling is getting to five hundred. <laughs> for for this for the short term, yeah. But yeah, may, maybe if he sees potential in them over the course of a few years, and it's it's job security too. If you if you go into a franchise and you're like, hey, I I think I could make this team a contender in three years. That's three years of job security. And yeah. then if you do well, that's that's a job for a very long time. Yeah, if, if I'm New York, I think I I'm I would lean more towards hiring a more of a veteran proven NBA coach rather than going for a young gun. Right, like Jerry Stackhouse. Yeah, not a Jerry Stackhouse. Yeah. I mean, Jerry, I don't know much about him, but I'm, I don't, I just feel like your, if your first NBA coaching job is New York and you got a prospect like Christoph Porzingis on your squad, like you're going to get torn up by the media and by the fans <laughs> and you're going to be on a micro, like a magnifying glass that's what i want to yeah. say a magnifying glass sure 24 7 i mean it's, it's a vicious it's a vicious place to be it is but i mean he he's he's been a an nba player in this league for a very long time a very good nba player at that and he, he mm-hmm. he's he's been in the spotlight before he knows what it's like so i yeah. i wouldn't be that concerned about him honestly i th- i think that he can uh i think that he he could be a good head coach for an nba team but 
Maybe we'll see. Maybe not this year, but maybe yeah. even for this team, the Orlando Magic, who fired their head yeah. coach Frank Vogel after their uh, twenty-five fifty-seven season, where they didn't even tank correctly. Yeah, <laughs> doing nothing right. Yeah, this team's got a lot bigger problems than Frank Vogel. I mean, Frank did good job with the Indiana Pacers, and he had somewhat of a dysfunctional, not dysfunctional team, but he had some weird personalities on that team. Roy Hibbert, Lance Stevenson, right? And he still made that work. Um, so I, I think he's a good guy. He's a good coach, and I don't think he's the reason why this team performed as bad as it did. It, I mean, it's just not a good roster or or maybe they got bad culture going on there or something. But, hey, they started off really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. For like those first <laughs> that first month, they really fooled us. And then yeah. that, that, now we know exactly who they are. But, yeah. Hey, I think Coach Fisdale, David Fisdale yeah. could be a great potential replacement here. You got, got a lot of young guys, um, kind of like that Memphis team that he had that yeah. I think he could have still done some good things with if they gave him the chance. Some good mm-hmm. young talent here that's still, they haven't really found their way at all, and their their potential seems canned a little bit. Like, it, it's <laughs> under wraps. Like, no one really knows if they can play or not, but I think I think Fizdale is a great coach. I don't know if that's just because I'm biased because I think he's really cool, but yeah. I don't know. I think that would be a good fit. I think I think so, too. I think, like I said, I I feel like there's a culture problem in that locker room or something. I something. mean, Alfred, Alfred Payton just all of a sudden, night and day, became a different player as soon as he got out of there. Yeah, but he, never, uh, he didn't ever cut his hair, though, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't. Um, and I think they just need, they need some roster changes big time on that squad. They need to either move, I don't know, Vucevic or... Um, I mean, Fournier or one of these guys. Well, they, I don't know what they're going to do with Aaron Gordon good, either. They need a good veteran. All these young guys that like just aren't good enough, you know, and they're yeah. going to gonna get another guy. Like if they get what they're projected as the fifth pick in the NBA draft right now, mm-hmm. they will get another guy that's just not good enough to help them compete. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I just don't see this team going anywhere very soon. Um, it would take a big free agent signing or a few years of getting top lottery picks. Yeah, until they get the right personalities in there. Because I'll tell you who their big free agency signing is probably going to be this year. Aaron Gordon. Aaron, oh. Aaron Gordon. <laughs> yeah. They're going to lock him up for a lot oh, of money. Man. They're, yeah, they're going to pay him like $25 million a year and regret it. Yeah, and they honestly might not have a choice when you look at the finances for this team. Who else are you going to convince for fans to pay tickets to watch? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm just glad I don't work for the front office. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but um, let's get let's let's start. Let's get it started on looking at the the playoff matchups that we're going to see on Saturday. So things start off with uh, the Rockets and the Timberwolves, the Timberwolves sneaking themselves in there only to be met with the number one team in the NBA, the Houston Rockets who, and no surprise, swept the Timber Puffs <laughs> in the regular season. Um, and they, they have a Bube Mon- Luke and Bube Monte out <laughs> for the first round. <laughs> oh, man, that was awesome. But I don't think that's anything to really um, get hyped about if you're the Timberwolves. This is still a very, very challenging team for them. Yeah, Mabamute. Mute. Is, he's a good piece. 
and he brings great defense. But when you're talking about a team that has so much depth between Eric Gordon, Trevor Ariza at those positions, you're and Gerald Green even, you're not you're not too worried about that. He's a good role player, but as far as this matchup goes, I, the Rockets just have the clear advantage at at pretty much all positions. I mean, the only one you could really the matchup to watch is Carl Anthony Towns versus Clint Capella. I think is really going to be the only challenge to the Rockets um, as far mm-hmm. as like both offense and defense goes. Carl Anthony Towns, he, he's going to dominate. He definitely will on a night and night basis. I think in this series, he, he'll probably average 25 points and 15 rebounds and it'll be up to Clint Capella to try to stop him. Yeah. But uh, I mean, at the end of the night, the Rockets are going to have just uh, too many weapons for the Timberwolves. Um, and then I guess I'm trying to think like, is there any way they can steal this series? But logically, there's just no way unless <laughs> James Harden and Chris Paul both get struck by lightning <laughs> at the same time on their bus ride home after game one. Yeah, Chris Paul's. Yeah, he's pretty prone to being struck by lightning when he was on the <laughs> Los Angeles Clippers. So we're not going to rule it out for him. But yeah, I I was just going to say, I think if you're the Rockets, you come into this series speaking speaking about Chris Paul and you just try to close it out as soon as possible and with at least the least amount of impact um, on Chris Paul as possible. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you try to rest him as much as you can. And do, yeah. I, do you think this is going to be a, a sweep just like the regular season was, though? It's very possible. Yeah, I mean the the Timberwolves had a hard time taking down the Denver Nuggets. Granted, they were a hungry team. The Rockets are just light years away from them. They're so much more composed. Uh, Trevor Reese has been there, done that. Clint Capella has just turned another corner this year. And James Harden, I mean, composed guy. I mean, even if it comes down to the wire, I think James Harden and these guys just can make a play down the line, down yeah. the stretch compared to this Timberwolf team that's so it's still so young and they rely so much on Jimmy Butler. I mean, like I said in that Denver game, they struggled to score the ball and it, they won that game really off like uh Jeff Teague floater and really <laughs> impressive defensive plays from Taj Gibson. Right. Nothing really nothing along the lines of impressive offensive composure or coming through with uh, a great X, X and O's play or anything like that. Right, yeah. And Chris Paul is just going to – he's going to school Jeff Teague in this series. <laughs> like, I mean, Jeff yeah. Jeff Teague has played his fair share of playoff matchups, but they were pretty much all in the East. I think all of them were yeah. in the East, actually. So, I mean, you're going up against a little less stiff competition. Uh, they got swept by the Cavs when he was playing against – or did they get swept? I think it was four one. Either way, like they got schooled by the Cavs, and Chris yeah. Paul, he he wants this so badly. He's never made a conference finals. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna play out of his mind. It's gonna be really fun to watch, and you know I I just want to say that the Timberwolves will be able to win one game uh, on their home court against this team just because they do have the talent to do it. I mean Jimmy Butler. He could lock down James Harden one of these games. Jimmy Butler's a great defender. He could lock him down for a game. And Carl Anthony Towns could just go off for like 40 points and 20 rebounds. and Like, it could happen. And it, yeah. it's going to happen on their home court probably. So I, I'm going to say 4-1 Rockets. 4-1? Yeah. 
I, I I'm gonna I'll agree with you. They'll go four one. I think the only way this be, this goes uh, six games, like they goes four two, is if somehow Andrew Wiggins just has like an an amazing game and doesn't shoot seventy percent from the free throw line. Goes ninety percent. Goes ninety forty and fifty five percent from the. 40 from three, 55 from the field, and just goes off for 35 points alongside Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns also doing their thing. Like, that's the only yeah, way like I think all three of them they to be somehow on. steal two games. Yeah. Yeah. But, I don't um, know. I, see, Andrew Wiggins is like the forgotten piece here for the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know why, but I, I just, my gut tells me that he's not going to do very well. This, yeah. this is his first playoff series. And he's not a very good defender. He's going to have to guard Trevor Ariza. He's going to have to guard Eric Gordon. And he's he's not going to do it, you know? Like, yeah. I just feel like he's going to be a liability on defense for them. And he'll have his good offensive games, uh, maybe a few of those games. But I don't know. I just I don't really get the vibe that he's going to make a difference in this series at all. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. And the uh, unless he breaks out of the shell I, and does something incredible, that's the only way they they steal a second game. But I think, like you yeah. had mentioned, they're gonna take one game. I think part of that's gonna be they're gonna be riding this high from this Denver Nuggets win that they just had. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's not. This is a good team. This team is only yeah. a game behind, like what the third seed would be, pretty much a game or two. Like it yeah. doesn't matter. Like these, this is still a stacked team. They have a great team. There, I don't see. I'm just gonna say it right now. There's not gonna be a sweep in any of these Western Conference matchups. I, I completely don't see a sweep happening in any of these. Man, I, I actually think this next one can be a sweep. Mm, so, okay, all right. The Warriors versus Spurs. You say you think the Spurs yeah. are gonna sweep, well, right? <laughs> No, no. So here's the thing. Uh, one more point about the Timberwolves. I okay. feel so bad for this team because I actually think had they, if they be playing the Warriors right now, I think they can push it to. They can push that to six games. Mm, and so and you thought, yeah. And so you think the Thunder would have had a chance to even beat the Warriors. So you, I, think I think there you think been if a the Warriors played against a team that had star power, they might have lost. But you're That's saying what I think. you're saying the Spurs will get swept. I think so. I don't, I Ooh. think they're gonna get swept by the Warriors. I think it's Durant's gonna be too much. Clay uh, Thompson's gonna be a little too much, despite them being a little bit thin. No staff. I mean the Spurs, the in depth. Yeah, the Spurs are not really that much different. I mean the Spurs have just. I don't really understand what the <laughs> hell is going on that they've somehow <laughs> taken wins. You can't believe they, they made it, huh? <laughs> Uh, I can't. They just are not very impressive to me when I look at what they have. But I guess it's the intangibles. It's the things you can't put on paper. Greg Popovich. This team. Yeah. I think the Warriors are just too good of a team to. To let that that type of stuff beat them in a playoff series. I think in regular season games. Yeah. But in a playoff series, I think Durant, Clay Thompson and them. They've been there, been here, done that. I think they're going to try to close this team out as quick as possible. And get some rest for their players and get ready for the second round. They're, I say sweet. They're gonna try, but they're not gonna do it. This this is going six games. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, this is six game series. The Warriors are gonna win four two, but it is not gonna be easy, man. You, we've seen what this team has done without Steph Curry in the lineup over these last few weeks. They look pretty terrible in some of these games. 
even against games yeah. that against teams that don't have the star power like Utah. Did you see how much they lost yeah. to Utah by? That I was, did see that. That I was did. like a th- thirty-five point loss. And Utah's got no stars. And the Spurs are basically the same. Like they just have a bunch of players that are coached really well, and I, I th- it's gonna be tough for them. I just think Utah went in there with a mission. They're hanging on by a thread, fighting for playoff position. The Warriors, on the other hand, I think this is a team that's just their weakest point right now. Obviously, their injury to Steph Curry, Iguodala, and Sean Livingston, but. I think they just have a lack of focus, and once this playoff, the playoffs begin, that focus is kind of come back. And I think the, it the, might. I, I, it I might. think the Warriors somehow <laughs> got away with murder to find themselves in the first round against the Spurs. I think out of all the teams, <laughs> this is the weakest one they could have gone up against. And it, it's uh, frankly, it's an. I think it's annoying. I wish they would have uh. played the Timberwolves <laughs> or the Jazz yeah. or the Pelicans. I, I think this I, is. So a, I, I think. I, I think the Pelicans would have actually been a better matchup for them. I think the Spurs are the second best matchup they could have gotten. You think the do you think they the, would have swept the Pelicans? Or they would have done a lot better uh, like against four the Pelicans? One. 4-1. 4-1. But I think 4-2 against the Spurs. I think they're not awoke yet. I think it'll take a loss to the Spurs to realize, oh wow, if we lose three more games, we're not gonna win the championship. And then they'll <laughs> win a few more. The Spurs will still win one more game because Greg Popovich is Greg Popovich, and he will win one more game. And it will be a four-two series. All right, I'm, I bet. I, I bet the Spurs come out and win the first game. I bet they come out and win the first game. I don't in see Golden that. State in the, Bay, in the Oracle. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right, we'll see. But I, I still, I'm gonna hang on that it's gonna be a sweep there. But. No. No, no Let's, way. But this is this is what's gonna be the most competitive series, I think, in the first round right here. Thunder mm. versus Jazz, and I, I think, and then this is well, I'll say it again. I think it's annoying that the Warriors didn't get <laughs> stuck playing one of these. I know. Two teams. I really wish they did too. Yeah, because these these two teams are. Um, I mean, it's just a clash. You got the Jazz, the number one defensive team for the second half of the NBA season against the Oklahoma City Thunder, a team that's just ranks top 10 both in offense and defense to close the season as well and just sheer star power but just couldn't win some games so they find themselves here with the fourth seed against the fifth seed jazz i mean this is going to come down to i think this probably goes seven games honestly Mm. you see this is where i also disagree i think the thunder win this in five in five. In five. The Jazz have no, no. playoff experience on this team. Like, I don't like it. I, Rudy Gobert has like a year or two in the playoffs. I don't even remember. I don't care. Donovan Mitchell's <laughs> a rookie. He's their best player. Like Ricky Rubio just starting to come into his own, sure. But he's matched up against Russell Westbrook on the point guard position. I just don't I don't see this Jazz team competing in a playoff series when the intensity gets higher against a team with this much superstar power. This is why I think the Jazz are going to do so mm. much well because the intensity does get higher and the game slows down and the Jazz The game that's doesn't where they slow accept. down. What are you talking about? It it can slow the intensity down when the intensity increases. The defensive intensity will the the defense from this Utah Jam Utah Jazz team will slow this game down and it will be hell for the Thunder. 
who cannot run plays in the half court <laughs> set. I just I don't think the Jazz have that extra intensity. I think they've given they've shown their hand. They've they've given everything they could to get to where they are and you know great job to them for the season that mm-hmm. they've had. I don't see them getting to that next level in the playoffs. I think that everything they've shown us is what they have. The Thunder have not shown us what they can do. And I think it's going to start here in the playoffs when this is time for Paul George, Russell Westbrook to be like, hey, we got to get to the Warriors and get our revenge. I don't think it's enough to beat this Utah Jazz team. Paul George and Russell Westbrook, they'll get their points, but nobody else is going to score that ball. Carmelo Anthony is not going to score the ball. What do you mean Carmelo Anthony is not going to score the ball? Grant is not going (laughs) to score the ball. Steven Adams is going to have a hard time down there with Derek Favors. No, he's um, not. Rudy Gobert. No, dude. Yeah. You underestimate the Aussie. (laughs) I I think you're underestimating the defense of this Utah Jazz team. And Donovan Mitchell, yeah, he's he's a rookie, but I, he's a different type of rookie. I mean, we, this is the rookie he's who just a made great the most three-pointers out of any rookie in the history of the NBA. He's a great rookie, but he's no Russell Westbrook. He doesn't have to be Russell Westbrook I to win th- this I series. Th- oh, I think he definitely <laughs> does have to be to win this series. And I, I didn't even ask you. You said this, ge- this series was going to go seven games. Who do you think is going to win it? Utah Jazz. Oh my gosh. That <laughs> makes it even worse. I think they're going to surprise some people. They're going to come out of this series and it almost sucks <laughs> that the Jazz aren't on the other side of the bracket because I think I don't think they beat the Rockets. But if they were on the other side of the bracket, I wouldn't be surprised if they had made they would make it to the Western Conference final. What are you what? <laughs> stop stop saying things just to say things. <laughs> That is I not you're not even making sense. Final I'm, conference I, finals. If they were on the other side of the bracket and they didn't have to go up against the Rockets at oh, any point, I would I could man. see them in the conference final. No. We're done <laughs> with this. I, I can't I'm, wait I'm for really, this to get yeah, started. I'm really curious cuz <laughs> I can't believe we disagree that. We usually agree so much. <laughs> well, let's let's go with the Blazers and Pelicans um they split the season series 2-2. This is an interesting this one. Obviously, one. some of these games though had Demarcus Cousins in there, so we almost maybe throw some throw that away, sure. being as this is a completely different Pelicans team. But I but, mean, at the same time, this Pelicans team had a similar record after Demarcus Cousins than it had before Demarcus Cousins got hurt. So they're yeah. still no joke. Yeah, this is gonna be. I think this is going to be a fun series. It's going to I think there's going to be a lot of stars going back and forth, mainly Davis, Damian Leonard, um and CJ McCollum just trading buckets back and forth cuz both of these teams kind of rely their offense on a very key number of guys. Right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the Pelicans especially with <laughs> Anthony Davis and man, it's going to be really fun to watch him elevate his game for the playoffs in his prime now. That's yeah. it's gonna be scary to watch, and you know Damian Lillard's always fun to watch when it comes to playoff time. One of the best clutch players in the NBA, and I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how Yusuf Nurkic can handle Anthony Davis. I I was really excited to watch Nurkic play in the playoffs last year, but unfortunately he got hurt, and then the Blazers got bounced early by the Warriors. Um, but he, right. he's healthy now. He looked like an animal, absolute animal in that game against the Nuggets 
where it was, it was kind of a revenge game for him because he is, he's mad mm-hmm. that they picked Jokic over him. But, yeah. man, he's, he's looking sharp, and he's going to give it his all against a guy who's a transcendent talent in this league. Yeah, I think the Blazers take this in six games. Mm, I think they take it in seven. Seven? I think this goes seven. I, I don't see like the Pelicans. I, I look at them and I'm like, this team doesn't seem like it should be good, but they make yeah. it work. And they're just as good as any of the other West teams that made it. And honestly, I think this series is going to be the closest out of all of them. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah, it'll Yeah. If it's going six games, I guess it's close. Yeah, it's true. I yeah, not that far off you, but yeah, I do. Yeah. I do think it goes the full seven, and it's the it's gonna be seven. the close. Uh, these games are gonna be the closest, um, as far as like on a game to game basis, between all of these Western Conference matchups. Yeah, I could see that. I think one or two maybe blow up. I could see just Anthony Davis getting into some foul trouble in one of these games, and just the because of that the pelicans just get blown out. Yeah, if Anthony Davis gets in foul trouble, that they're going to lose that game, but I mean, he, right. he he's pretty good with the fouls usually. Yeah. Okay, so we're pretty equal on that one. So you say 7, I say 6. Yep. Let's go to the Eastern Conference first round Raptors versus Wizards. Man, the Wizards are terrible. I can't. <laughs> they got to be one of the most disappointing teams this entire yeah, NBA season. You're just season. mad about John Wall. You're mad about him sucking on your fantasy team. Well, I was pretty high on John Wall. I really thought he was going to come out here and have an Isaiah Thomas. He was going to replace what Isaiah Thomas was last year, basically being a top five NBA player this in the league. I thought he, everything was set up for him. Order Porter was coming back. Uh, uh, Bradley Beal was even better and he was going to be even better, but God, eight seed. And (laughs) yeah, this team, I'd say three, one. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, what did you say? What 3-1 you Raptors win. 4-1 Raptors? Yeah, 4-1. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, the interesting part about this is that they split the regular season series 2-2. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I like, going into the season, the Wizards and Raptors, we thought, were, like, very close to each other. Yeah. So that's what's making me think that this is going to be actually a good series, despite it being a 1 versus an 8. And the Raptors, wow. they're not, like... You don't see them as like a dominant one, you know, and the Wizards yeah. are very of uh, they're like they're an eight, but they have the talent to be like a three. So right. I, I would say this goes six games for two Raptors for two Raptors. Yeah. OK, you're right. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to not acknowledge that the Wizards do have star talent and John Wall, Bradley Beal. I mean, Order Porter's got the talent. I'm not sure I'd call him a star, but he's not a star now. No, so I guess they got that, but I feel like I've seen it. There's they've there's been a big enough sample size now in the regular season that this team was together and they were playing and they just couldn't win games. So I think that tells me that we've seen the best this team can do. And mm. John Wall is still trying to get in his groove, coming back from his injury. I mean, he didn't play the last game. Yeah, so I think he was just resting in there. But yeah, maybe he was possible. still nursing that injury though. Like they didn't want to risk it. But I think yeah. I think the important matchup here is, is going to be Bradley Beal versus DeMar DeRozan at that shooting guard position. That's going to yeah. be a fun one to watch on both sides. Like, can these guys stop each other? Like, who's going to have the big nights? I mean, DeRozan has the clear advantage because uh, he's just he's just a better player, just slightly. Yeah. Bradley Beal is very good too, but DeRozan was the all-star starter. Beal was the the reserve. 
but they both have the potential to change a game and they're going to be playing against each other in majority of these games. So that'll be, you got to keep an eye on those guys. Right. So Celtics bucks. This is, uh, this is an interesting one I, too. Yeah. I, I, I want to go, I want to say that the bucks, I think calculatedly found themselves in a good spot here. I don't yeah. know if calculatedly. They got word, more just lucky. But they calculated <laughs> it well by losing <laughs> right. yesterday that <laughs> huge blowout. But I think this is where they wanted to be. Right. Yeah. I mean, they instead of playing the 76ers in the first round, they get to play the Celtics who have no Kyrie Irving, no Marcus Smart. And you know what? Like Al Horford, Jalen Brown, they're kind of battered and bruised even though they're playing. Yeah. And, you know, I... I still think the Celtics will win reluctantly. It'll be seven games. It'll be a four, three series. Cause seven games. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I do think the Celtics will win it just cause Brad Stevens is a coaching legend and they, they just have the demeanor of like a solid team and the bucks. They're still raw. Giannis mm-hmm. is still raw. And they they're playing with an interim head coach right now, and I I just don't think they have the experience to pull it off. Yeah, this is. I thought this one was gonna be a lot easier for me to pick, but the more I think about it, the more I find myself indecisive about it. <laughs> yeah, it's tough for sure. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like seven games, so. Yeah, I want to go with the Bucks and just bet on star talent with Giannis, like, but, I mean, we haven't really seen G a playoff. Giannis like a, a Giannis sort of morph into this playoff competitor um, and this I want to bet that this is the year for him but then the Celtics are just they rely on something that's consistent and that's defense I mean nothing in the world can be right. more consistent you can maintain something more consistent than that mm-hmm. um, so I think I'm going to go with the Celtics here six games six games all right yeah yeah, yeah I, I can see that too yeah, and yeah. it's just I don't think you can speak enough about how much of a difference it makes when you have a coach that's coached a team to the Eastern Conference Finals already and coached a team to 55 wins, just like I said, that mm-hmm. dealt with all the injuries <laughs> that it did. They did go- get to 55 <laughs> They did. Wins, they got they? to 55 in their last game. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to come down yes. to the wire. I but saw that man, happening. I, I totally called that. I totally called that. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, going up against an interim head coach who, I mean, he's not the least experienced guy in the world, but it makes a huge difference, I think. Yeah. Well, how about the 76ers versus the Heat? This will probably be a fun game here. Oh, Um, yeah. Splitting the seven series 2-2. I mean, some of them were even close with Dwayne Wade hitting that game winner against the 76ers. And then there's the rivalry Um, between Joel Embiid and Hassan Whiteside. Right. Yes. This is gonna this has potential. Maybe no, I wouldn't go as far as saying this is gonna be Boston Celtics versus baby Chicago Bulls. Ooh. But I think this is actually gonna be the closest one out of all the ones we're gonna well, I take that back. Second closest one. I think I think Thunder Utah Jazz will be That'll close. That'll be close, yeah. Yeah, but I think seventy sixes versus the Heat will be the close one. Um, on the Eastern Conference end of the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I mean I wouldn't use the Thunder Jazz as the close one. Maybe they'll have some close yeah. games, but I still think the Thunder are going to close that out. Celtics Bucks, I I think I had that as the closest series, but this is going to be a good series just for 
hopefully Joel Embiid coming back in game two. Um, he's most likely out for game one, but man, when he comes back in game two and him and Whiteside have to play against each other for a minimum of three games in a row, there's going to be a fight. There's definitely yeah. going to be something like maybe not a fight, but at least like a scuffle. Someone's going to get ejected. It's going to be, it's going to be fun playoff entertainment and the 76ers are going to win four two. You think they take it four two? Yeah. Yeah, I think they're on a fifteen yeah, game winning streak. Games. Ben Simmons is playing out of his mind, and Markel Fultz just had his first triple double in the final game of the regular season, and he, he only played like fifteen games this year or something like that. Right, but I, the seventy sixers though, you we've got to say something. That winning streak was is a little deceptive because they played against some horrible teams. <laughs> they so did. Whoever, <laughs> that schedule, that NBA schedule, was constructed to to make sure that the seventy sixers somehow closed the season off in a huge win streak because they played against the Atlanta Hawks, the Orlando Magic, the Phoenix Suns, like all these tankathon teams, just a consecutive for consecutive consecutive weeks going right yeah <laughs> say they still won them like they they won all the games that they should have won and you can't That's really true. fault they, them for that and they did win that game against the Cavs right yeah so without Embiid in game one I think they'll drop that one to the heat and Dwayne Wade has the playoff experience Eric Spolstra has a lots of playoff experience at the head coaching position for the heat um, they'll just be a little out man, but if Joel Embiid comes back for game two, I think I think they easily win that and then they go on to win four of the next five games. Yeah. So you're saying five games or did you well, say six? Well, I th- no, I think six. Like they'll drop the first one without Embiid. I see. Yeah. Yeah. And then win four or five. I think I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one. Six games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going. Six games. Sweet. And yeah. I mean, awesome. I We finally like completely agreed on one. That, that makes me happy. Yeah. But we'll go okay. on to this last matchup. Hopefully we can <laughs> agree again. The Cavs versus the Pacers. This will be crazy. The I reuniting mean. of Lance Stevenson and LeBron James. Yeah. I, there's <laughs> like, so LeBron James is just, he's got certain rivalries, not with teams, but really more organizations and <laughs> right. the Pacers and Ca- the pay the rivalry here is not not LeBron James versus Lance Stevens it's LeBron James and the Indiana Pacers mm. <laughs> yeah um, and it's interesting here they are they meet yet again in the playoffs and I'm sure fans are going to boo the hell out of LeBron James Lance mm-hmm. Stevenson was going to love to see him again on the floor in playoff in the playoffs but right. ultimately <laughs> I think the Cavs take this 4-1. I think Victor Odalipo and these guys end up stealing one game, giving LeBron James his first first round loss mm. since 2012. Um, yeah. I th- probably game three or game four, one of those. I, I think they're yeah, going to get one hot. Of their, one of their home games. Yeah, they're going to get hot in the Cavs. I mean, they're, they traded away a ton of their <laughs> rotation players, so I think some of these guys – are Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr., Rodney Hood. I've never well, Rodney Hood has played, but yeah. Jordan Clarkson, Jordan Larry Clarkson, Nance have never Nance. played in the playoffs. Yeah, true. Man, this is uh, a tough one, man. I really want to agree with you and say four one. I'm just looking at all this, thinking about it. The Pacers have won the regular season three one. That's saying a lot, yeah. honestly. Well, kind of because kind of this because this is taking into account. The old Cavalier team. Yeah, but not all those games were against the old Cavalier team. 
And I mean, right. and the but also the Cavs were never fully healthy when they right. were playing against them, and that now they are pretty much fully healthy now. Um, I don't do I don't think they have any injuries. The, do the nope. do the Cavs know? So I mean, yeah, I, I mean, mean, if you wanna if you wanna talk about Tristan Thompson's him, broken heart, I guess, <laughs> or getting yelled at by his wife, I guess that can be an injury. If Tristan Thompson was injured, that would be a plus for them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll I'll agree with you. I'll go four one Cavs. I I I just want to give one game to Odalipo. He he deserves it. Yeah. I agree. Four mm-hmm. one. So as Pacers. I so yeah. So actually, I don't think I, I don't think I thought there would be any sweeps in any of these series. And that might come back to bite me, but I, I really don't think there will be one. The best chance being the Cavs and Pacers. For a sweep. Yeah, for a sweep. And you, for you, you only had the uh, Warriors and Spurs being a sweep. Yeah, I had the Warriors sweeping. I think Durant and uh, or uh, Draymond Green come out of the locker room with the. Uh, their broomsticks <laughs> ready to sweep what's left of the yeah, San Antonio their, Spurs. Their rusty, dirty broomsticks from last year. Yep. Exactly. Doesn't work sweep as well. What's left of <laughs> Mono Ginobili's career. Oh, don't you do that to him. <laughs> that, man, that man earns nothing but respect. Yeah. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll uh, write, write down what we what we thought about these matchups and we'll, we'll recap uh, how we all did at the end of this yeah. first round. That'll be fun. Yeah. Well, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, the NBA playoffs kick off on Saturday and we'll continue going uh, up until, I guess, the people are done with their game sevens and we'll we'll keep up to date with what's going on in the NBA playoffs again next week with our another episode of the Second Stringers podcast. Uh, thanks, everybody. Awesome. Have a good night, guys.